Welcome to No Ideas Original with Shannon and Mr. Rob. We are blessed today to have fashion designer Willie Esco with us. How you doing, man? What's up, guys? How you doing, man? What's up, champ? How you been, man? Staying, staying a COVID-free, mourning the loss of Brother Floyd. Uh, um, and... Uh, hoping that we really make change this time. <laughs> right, 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 right. I get so frustrated when it just goes away. Like the next headline comes, and, and you know, I'm, I'm still on Philandro, I'm Castillo, I'm still on Sandra Bland. Like, I, how did yeah. how does how did they let up on these? You know, right. uh, say, right. how <laughs> how did you Sandra just move Bland over to the like, next situation, and this yeah, is happening? Sandra, Sandra Bland thing is the is baffling to me because this is a female. Like, all right, men dying in police custody is one thing, right? right. This was a female. How right. did this not? Right. How did this go away? Like, yeah. And it's a very educated female. Like, yes, sir. That's really like frustrating. She, 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 she was a protester too. I think she yeah. was, she she was riling up. Some streets before that happened, they yeah. probably had a tag on her and said, "Yo, that's one of them." Who knows, man? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm baffled by it. Yeah, I'm so frustrated. So frustrating that you know. And my we, listen, my my brother's ex-retired police officer. Uh, my mm-hmm. brother-in-law's retired police officer. So it's just fear. Like it's you, tough. It's they, not. They don't want to die. People right. don't. You put on that thing, you don't want to die, and then that's the base core base, right? Your fear, but you shouldn't take the job. If you don't be scared to die, that's a good right? point. Number one, number right. two is it's how you talk, man. It's how you talk. Yeah. Right. As, as a police officer, you need the law enforcement. It's how you talk. So everything got to be done. Over. And it's yeah. funny you spoke. You spoke about teachers, man. I always said teachers and police officers got the toughest mm-hmm. jobs in the planet because their the their, their mm-hmm. job is to the, the the value, the moral fabric of society. They got to keep that in order. Yeah, billion. That's a seven billion people. Son. Yeah, that's a big yeah, so job, man. My kid, you know, any kid doesn't know prejudice. That they learn, they taught that, you that's know, right. and that, and that's if it's education and teaching the overhauling the police system because it's so like pork barrel right now, like unions. Nice. You know, you can't fire nobody. That's the <laughs> problem. Is. So you gotta get rid of everybody. In the police, everybody, time out, everybody out. Like, you know, you only yeah. use if you're from the region. Like, I can't send my kid to another school in another region. Why should they be a cop be able to come in my region and police me? Like, right. that's it's pretty. Right. All the answers are right there. Yeah, right. there definitely is a systemic, definitely is a systemic yeah. issue that they got to look at and figure out how do they fix it. That, I mean, this may be the real pandemic right here, right? Because we didn't get a chance to even heal from Ahmad Arbery, and now we on to this one. Ahmaud, like he Ahmaud. said, I'm still, I'm still healing from Trayvon, son. Yeah. Trayvon is a pro. That, that, and, and, and Trayvon don't even get considered, and this is not police, like right, like mm-hmm. it's, right. It's like it's frustrating. So my son. My my oldest son is half black, so he's in LA. But I'm like, you gotta 
don't let the anger kick in, man. Like, I'm not there for you. Yeah. You know, but um, and my other son, he is half Dominican, so he's like, don't believe what you are black. <laughs> Me no Dominican, that's dope. Right, you're black. You're black. Right, right. Right, 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 right. Get to the point, son. Let's yeah. get to the point. So, so let that's me... my, my thoughts. That's what I'm, uh, I'm obsessive on, on on news, and I've always been like that. So to, to just monitor everybody's behavior and this whole thing. It's time to vote. It's time to vote, and you, and you see how it's going. But I knew this. Listen. Trump got elected, knew this was gonna happen. I just didn't know how. Like, he's gonna mess it all up. <laughs> just wait, just it's wait. Like, yeah, I was like, the pandemic threw me way off. I'm like, oh, all right, okay. The pandemic, you know, took away all his, all his economic, you know. Strength, his strength. Right? He took it, took it away, like. The economic strength cool. he inherited, though. He, he right. inherited yeah, that. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> yo, they broke it. They broke the whole shit up and be like, let's give it to the black guy. He, we don't want that shit. And when he, the black guy came and fixed it, they're like, all right, give it back. Give it yeah. back, yeah, yeah, he's too fly. He's making, he's making moves, yo. How is it not, how is it not that obvious to everybody? Like, how do I have some friends that saying, I don't know, man, I don't know if I'm gonna vote for Hillary. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's a Supreme Court, like, abortion depends on this lady getting in, yeah. guys. Like. People see what they want to see. People yeah. see what they want to see, man. The ego, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you know, that's my that's my little rant for the beginning yeah. of the stage, yeah. So. so so, what inspired you to get into fashion? Oh, as it, I was, uh, as it goes back, like, I, I was, uh, maybe fourth grade, I used to like to draw in school, uh, sketch, comic book stuff that I never was good at it. I, I was, I just was sketch, right? And... The sketching led to uh, a good friend of mine, um, Ian Scott. Now I'm in, I am in, predominantly the Latin part of my neighborhood in Newark, New Jersey, where all the Latins were. I had a black friend named Ian Scott who could draw, and I was like, "Yo, I like what you, uh, you could. I want to know how to do that." So his drawing led me to explore drawing. I left it alone for a few years. This is the eight, this is, this is, shoot, this is 70, 73, 74, 75, and it's like, once you start getting into uh, looking to the college, to the high school you want to go to, you start saying, all right, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't know. I know I started drawing a lot, and then I left it alone. When I got to St. Benedict's Prep, which treated us like uh, adults, like that high school, they treated you like you're in college. So everything was programmed. You were not monitored. You go to your class when you're supposed to. You don't have class that day. You don't have to come in. Like that was unheard of. Right. So the school was progressive. Uh, the programs there were progressive. The religious perspective is progressive. So I got lucky and I got into a school and I selected the school because I, I like camping and they had a they had a big to graduate you had to camp camp out for a week and hike fifty miles, which is pretty well known. It's, it's covered on sixty minutes. Uh, so it's in the heart of Newark, 
where the riots were, these Benedictine monks never left. They built a core program which led us to be perennial, like basketball, behemoths, and soccer, you know, programs that are like world renowned. But my day was just putting the pieces back together after the riots in Newark. And um, going into school, that's when the beginning of hip hop was for me. Like, so you're looking, you're looking at um, moving into a black neighborhood in 1979. Uh, combine that with listening to Sheik turn into Grandmaster Flash, like how they flipped that. I was like, that's interesting how they did that. So hip hop. Those yeah, breakbeat days. Yeah, the breakbeats, and it, nobody's doing the breakbeats, but I can hear hear Grandmaster Flash and know where they got it from. I was like, that's clever. But the culture started growing. Like, so then you want to get girls, right? Yeah, you want to stay fly. Yeah, I'd stay fly. So what is the definition <laughs> of fly? From disco to, to hip hop was two different things. Right. And maybe I would. It was a different kind of fly if I stayed in the Spanish neighborhood. Right. But I moved to a black neighborhood. And my black neighborhoods, Pumas, Lees, if you were bad enough to wear Kangol, you would wear Kangol. Now, so I don't mean to cut you off, Will. I don't mean to cut you off, but Pumas back then was the shoe. That shit was like a, a, a penny loafer. Between yeah. Pumas, Pumas yeah. and shell tops, you could wear with slacks, my G. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to wear them with jeans or shorts. As long as they clean, you were yeah, smooth. This, this before before Nike, you got right before the silhouette, Nike. Like you got the rubber, so you got the you got the silhouette was everything. So the the the, the pro kids couldn't afford, and as I got into a point where I can afford them, Puma's Puma came on the scene, um, 73, 74, and the colors were crazy. They were going right with Lee's and. Silhouette profile, side view of the shoes, everything. Mm. It's everything right. coming out the box, everything to me. So, getting fly was torturous ritual for me. I don't have the money to get fly, <laughs> but I tried to be fly. It started with your feet. So, your shoes were right. your cars, right? It's your car. People judge you. So in Newark, they know if I'm in if I'm in Manhattan, they know I'm from Newark because I got Pumas on. Um, but it was assimilation, listening to hip hop music, which led me to the pillars of hip hop. And if I'm going to participate or enjoy this music, you now within the music you have ability to take on. Uh, some hobbies within the music, right? So it's like, you can do DJing, you can rap, you can beat break dance, you can graffiti. So what is it you want to do? So it automatically puts you in a space to get the gear, identify what you know tribe you're running with, which is, I'm, I'm listening to this new thing called hip hop or rap. They call it rap, I think. <laughs> and then, the gear you wore um, sort of dictated how many girls you got. And then what you participated in in the hip hop was to be expected that the Spanish kid was going to either graffiti or break dance. Or break dance. That's break it. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched Wild Style the other night. I hit Fab, Fab, Fab Five Freddy. I'm like, 
yo man this thing is timeless it's 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 horribly put together but it's beautiful because i remember going to this to this movie theater to see it and was fascinated by it but in there you see i saw my first dude rapping in there you know and I was like, yo, they, we can rap too? I was like, yeah, <laughs> my mind. Uh, all these cats were running. I was like, yo, that, and I said to, that led to, all right, so doing graffiti and, and doing graffiti and breakdance is normal, but damn, if I could be a rapper, that would be crazy. I just wasn't verbally there. <laughs> but to see, it was like, oh, I could be anything within this thing of hip hop. It's like a little club that nobody knows mm. so I decided to focus on those creative pieces of the puzzle which right. led to graffiti uh, being when I'm not breakdancing I'm doing graffiti so and obviously the physical aspects of graffiti once once you had dynamic break because you had these guys we were pretty well known in our neighborhood but once they started doing 1990 doing things that I was like I'm not doing that like, let me just focus on art right. <laughs> I'm not doing that no more so I'm in I'm in I'm in school I'm in uh, I'm in St. Benedict's going into college years, you know, and I had to make a decision. I was like, Am I gonna try this art thing again? Because in the midst of getting into hip hop, I focused more on breakdancing than graffiti. When I realized physically, that's not a long term business. You can make money, like you can't make money. So I could probably make money doing art. So I had to shift gears, get back into the swing of things doing art. So my last year at, at, at Benedict's 8485 was was uh, primarily focusing on trying to get into FIT. Now, this is 85, y'all, so it's like going yeah. to a fashion institute of technology in 1985 was super progressive and and most people would say, what's going on with you? Are you okay? Like, yeah. Right, right, right. Because the demographic is different back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were considered gay. And I'm like, mm -hmm. why is that the case? Like, I like fat. Like, I, this is the era where you're like, everything you wore was like, you had to hide right. it. Yeah, you know, I was right. like, why? I want to I wanna learn more about how to make clothes. And that was just bizarre for folks. Like, in my mm -hmm. circle, in the in the hood, it was just bizarre. It was like you're labeled gay, and I'm like, and I luckily from you know I'm open minded, so I was like, I don't what care what people think of me. I, like, that's what I want to do. I think I can make money at that. So and keeping it real, gay dudes will fly. They stay fly, son. <laughs> they, they 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 were on next level stuff. Like they were the so boosters. Like, they they yeah. kept they kept all the fly stuff, man. So. So that being the case, 85, I took it, I took a knee and I was like, you know what? Let me just try being this banker. Let me figure out if I'm gonna do finance, because I couldn't get into FIT. I couldn't hustle, couldn't hustle my way into FIT. It was too the it's trying to go into the front door of uh, and they too also were like, Where are you from? You're from Newark, New Jersey. Why would you want to be a fashion designer? <laughs> no, you can't get in here. So after high school went to FIT. No, I tried to get it. Tried to I get it. down. That's when I went to Rutgers, <clears throat> down the block from St. Benedict's Rutgers Newark. Right. Did two years there of just core requirement product, like math, English, science. The second year was like, all right, what do you want to do for a living? You have to claim your major. And I'm like, 
I don't want to do none of this shit. I'm gonna go back to fashion. <laughs> so by my by my this is '86 into '87. Right. A lot of house music. Now, mind you, I'm so into. Listen, I, I I'm such a sneakerhead and so so much into hip hop. I did not like. And I go way back. I am the guy who did not like to see people dancing to hip hop. I just wanted you to stand and listen to the b-boy pose. B-boy stand. I didn't like. This thing is gonna be too much of a party thing. Like it's like disco. Even, we ain't supposed to be dancing like this. Right? You're not supposed to be. That was like you go into the club, you smoke some weed, LSD, MS, whatever. This whatever. Thing, right, right. You just vibe to the music and you just do your two-step which wasn't a, I was like that's not part of the game like so <laughs> that 85 to 86 and I'm like then some crazy rap started coming out of New York it was, a, it was an inspector gadget music just got funny to me I was like this shit is not this shit is getting corny like that was one DMC I'm Houdini all that shit. All that was dope. Then you started getting funny styles with me. I was like, you know what? I'm a, You want to dance? Let's get into some house music. So it was Jersey, house music. My second year into F, into into Rutgers, I'm like, if you're going to plan what you're going to do with your life, you have to take the next six months to plan. Sure. What happened? I saw the admissions process at FIT. Let me try this FIT thing again. And I was like, I can't do that thing. How do I do it? Do you have a, do they have a night class or who's on the admit? This is the hustle part of hip hop. Right, right, right. Who's on the admission staff? Now this is no, there's no IG. There is no social media. This is like, here's the pamphlet. Or who's the admission staff for fashion mm -hmm. illustration? I need to see who they are. I found their name. Call them. No, I just did research. Right. Then I went to Artai, who was next to me. They have a night class. So I said, let me take a night class to brush up. And they said, you know, some of the teachers here teach at FIT. I was like, what? How did that work out? Yeah. It's just coincidence. I was like, I want to, if I'm going to make a run at getting into FIT, I got to practice more. Got to get serious. And this is amidst getting high, going to Zanzibar, partying up a storm, uh, do, dabbling with hip hop, break dancing, hearing it fading out. And so I, I just said, you know what, let me do my due diligence. And I cross-referenced the lady that was teaching at our time. Yeah. Just, just so happens that um, the lady that was teaching at night at this class, was on the admissions for FIT. How about so that? I was like, it was meant to be. Like, there it is. It meant to be. There it is. That's like that's that's my high power showing me. That's the way right there, bro. Now put on your charm and and hustle your way into this. And that's what I was like. I'm gonna be her best student on time, early, <laughs> Apple. I was like, you know what? I think I might go to FIT. She's like, get out of here. I'm not, I'm in admissions. I was like. Get out of here! Like, oh, that's crazy. Let's make it work. <laughs> that's that's early finessing. Finessing early. She got me in, no problem. Front door. Nice. No problem. That's and then when I got in, there's a lot of 
tension, like you worry. But once I got in, I saw that I'm able to compete with them. And I was like, okay, so it's not a big thing. I'm, I can do this. Once I got in, it wasn't, was no, there's some doubt, there's fear. You're, you're dealing with folks that are like Calvin Klein. That's actually, who were, who were you competing with while you were in there? There was, it was, you know, I went in wanting to be a fashion designer, but my talent lend itself to and newspapers for sale. So, you know, newspaper and sell, right? So, so back then, back then, illustration had a place in the marketplace. Um, you could make a living, but like, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we hear okay. you. So, so like, like breakdancing, it was dying art, right? Fashion illustration was a dying art. So illustration, fashion illustration is elongating the body and selling the product by drawing it and selling it to magazines, which was going to go out of business. So I knew that if I get into illustration, I was going to pivot into fashion design. That's two different um, degrees, but Going straight into fashion design, I was not going to get it. So the first angle was, you know, do the illustration thing and then declare a second major uh, design. Right. And then that became easier because when I went in to see all the designers, they just didn't know how to sketch. They were just ass with sketching. They didn't know how to yeah. sketch at all. So my <laughs> ideas were, I knew how to sketch. All I need to do is learn the technical aspect, which is sewing. Mm -hmm. No problem. Like anybody can learn technical stuff. Don't matter. No, till don't take no talent. It just you just gotta learn it. Like you want to change a tire, you just learn how to change a tire. There's no such thing as not being able to change a tire. I mean, you learn it. So mm -hmm. designing clothes is the same thing. It's like creative part is the hardest part for these kids in the design school. They did not know how to draw, or they could think of something they didn't know how to put on paper. Shit, I can put everything on paper and then just learn the technical side. So that was a cakewalk. Cakewalk for you, right, right, yeah, right. It was easy, it was easy. So I was finding that I was manipulating the system in there and I got into, got into exactly what I wanted to get into. And then you graduate. And then when you graduate, life hits you, you gotta do work. So I worked on in the business for 10 years, you know, um, before I got my shit popping off, you know? Yeah. Let me ask, let me ask you a question, Will. Um, with the ever-growing emergence of fashion trends, yeah. and will there ever be a renaissance in fashion merging with a culture like hip hop? Because the culture, the, the way the way fashion started to merge, it it, it lines itself right with the culture and with the music yeah. and how people dress. Are, are, are we are we in, in prepared for another renaissance? Because there's nothing like the '80s and '90s of fashion. Like we're still talking about Puma. Right, you know, wearing clocks. I remember wearing ballys and British walkers and all of them things. We kind of, kind of forgot about which were quality. This was quality fashion, if you ask me, man. Yeah. So my question is, will there be another renaissance, another merge where music and and the culture of music and fashion merge, which will identify the clothing? Yeah. That 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 we. I don't necessarily think there is. I think there's an evolution. Uh, will it go back to that? Uh, it does. I think a moment like like uh, 
Michael Jackson, Mike Tyson, like these moments when you can't go back, right? Right. Like right. you can appreciate it. Yeah. Michael Jordan, uh, Bird, Larry, seeing them play. Magic. You appreciate yeah. it, but you can't bring it back. So <laughs> I think the gift was we created the space to be pioneers. Um, ultimately, the, the space became identifiable and easily copied, right? right, um, right. Because I was having a conversation with the younger kid. I'm like, it is no difference um, what's happening today and back in the day, right? But our culture, um, people in our space, like, so when I get out of FIT and I work for 10 years, I know hip hop like the back of my hand, right? But I'm working, I'm, yeah, I'm working nine to five. I'm styling, I'm styling for photo shoots for Fat Joe. You know, I put Fat Joe in his first coochie. Before he was uh, Flo Joe, he was, you know, army jackets like Nas and mm-hmm. stuff. So, <laughs> I, I, clean I them think, up. Clean yeah, them I, up a little bit. Clean them up. Jealous One's Envy, I'm in the album cover. So, I, 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 I'm starting to do the work and I understand the space I'm in. And I, it, it sounds crazy, but I understood the moment. Right, the moment being is opportunity to make long-term money, make a name for myself, uh, and possibly be a pioneer in it. Because at the time, you had Mecca, Carl Kanai, Carl Kanai, Ubu just started. Yeah, no, not a Nietzsche yet. Not Nietzsche, Nietzsche yet. Okay. Uh, Nietzsche was where, where the Mecca guys they left. Uh, so Mecca was was cool, uh, um, well designer. Mark Echo was Echo. Which Echo was not out yet. Was um, it not there yet? No, not yet. And then I understood it was Walker Ware, uh, Carl Kanai. Carl Kanai. Cross Colors was already Carl on the downside. So you had the early, early, early guys, and I knew that nobody's Latin, so I'm, I can get that spot. And it was no different than it's no different than me going to the club. <laughs> I'm going to get. I'm guaranteed to get some. I'm guaranteed, not even, I don't care about the Latin girls. I'm guaranteed to get a black girl because I'm going to be the only Puerto Rican in there. Straight up. Straight you, up. Was, you, was, you was using your player card, boy. You using that card, son. There's no, there's no only doubt. one of me That's right. yeah. that appreciates the culture. Did you, uh, Bobby. you, you had an opportunity to connect with Damon John at some point, right? Did he, you yeah, know, how yeah, did, yeah, did that, he help that, you advance your, your vision? Yeah. That, that, that's a funny story, but uh, as leading in, going into it, I understood the moment. And will there be opportunity? Yes and no. So the fit, which signified that our culture, our that's the that's what made us different from the what ended up making us different. I also identified us uh, as as that thing. So what made us different was good for the first you know, five, 10 years. And later on, aspirational, you wanted to assimilate to fashion culture. So that's the hard part. The hard part is understanding, I want to do high fashion from off the rip. Remember, I went to FIT. I don't, why do I got to do baggy stuff? I want to kind of just do, I want to, I want to fuck with Giorgio shit. Yeah. Why can't we do that? Throw a button up shirt in there. Let me throw a button up shirt in there, son. We had to create something so disruptive to be able to recreate something out of nothing, right? That was making the clothes. Once we taught 
the garmental industry, the full sense where I don't need a Willie Esco to pay what I gotta pay for him and a you know a moment in time. Now, happiness we've been infiltrating. Um, but what made us different was the fit, but that also made us identifiable. So we embraced it, um, but it quickly became an identifiable look right. that was, that's not what I want to be. It's almost like I was telling the young kid, like I, the projects are, are placed in the locations for a reason. Um, so, so that's what made us different and created music, but then it became uh, something that was a negative thing. Yeah. Right. I, you, you know what I wanted so, to ask you is it's, it's funny you mentioned that in terms of you know the the label that was associated with the brand you name you know the Willie Esco's the Mecca um, mm. Carl Kanai yeah. it was always always that label of urban wear or street wear but at the same time there were people that they was wearing Tommy or people that was wearing Ralph Lauren but they seemed to never get that label that tag is urban wear but they they took a lot of the designs and inspirations you guys had and made the same type of clothing. What do you attribute that to? Well, I mean, that's a fit. That's a trend, right? So you always got to stay on trend, right? So I don't fault any brand for, hey, man, if it's something baggy, we, we do that today. Something baggy, it's just um, they have more bandwidth. I mean, um, they have more power which is that white privilege piece of the puzzle. Like a lot of the brands had moments. That's part of the reason why I got with FUBU and, and Samsung family, because they had the money and the power. And I needed, and, that, and, and the sense of urgency was, this thing is not gonna last forever. So I need to get with the guys with the most money and make noise so that I have a career after this, because it's gonna go away. Um, I always felt the baggy thing was not me. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I understood it. I'm right. glad. That, I'm glad that era came and gone too, sir. <laughs> so, so the the key thing was catch twenty two is um, once it got back to normal, which is post fashion. Like once it became okay to be a designer from the street, and streetwear thing came into play. Urban was a way to identify, right you from a distance right mm. that's all i was like oh <laughs> uh, you know urban wear was a way to let you say no we don't have any urban wear in our stores so what what's what 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 once was good became bad and that's a lot in, in life you know what i mean um so beepers were good you know they're not no more so it's like you can't be wearing beepers no more so it's evo evolution and, and i knew that right. our our culture is built on evolution and always changing always and you changing. got to embrace the change uh so in fashion is the same thing you have to embrace the change now the goal was to be a pioneer continue to make money post walk away with being able to someone to look me up and see my pedigree and say that's a real person willie esco is a real person yes it was a brand but it's a real person you mentioned mecca right you don't know who's behind Mecca. No, I don't. Right. So 
I never wanted it to be a generic name that I can't walk away with with some sort of notoriety. Like, right. that that's a generate money for me. So, yeah. FUBU guys was the same. I was like, I don't want to be a FUBU or a Fat Farm. I want to be the name. Um, that was the goal. Always the goal, right? Um, that's good so branding. As, yeah, as you, as you, as you figure out, I want to, I want to partner up with the FUBU guys. It wasn't the FUBU guys. It was their, the money guys behind the FUBU guys, which was Samsung and my other two partners. Understanding the money part is the key. You know, you have power if you have the right money, and you can. We competed with Tommy. You know what I mean? We were always in competition with Tommy because we had deeper pockets than Tommy. That was the goal, but understanding that to regular the practice of regular designing with traditional uh, traditional formulas of designing clothes like if uh, a bootleg is in a bootleg is in if if um, this silhouette is in this silhouette is in but if, for us in urban yeah uh, leather might be hot but it was always a baggy leather like it was yeah. it was it was always whatever it is baggy like Right. The way he wasn't wearing no tight level like Eddie Murphy on Delirious. He wasn't doing that, son. That so, wasn't it. So the goal I understood back then was to evolve to a point where you can't differentiate if it's a black guy designing or a white guy designing. It's just dope, dope brand, you know? And fit, adjusting the fit to the time of, you know, to standardize with the rest of the pack uh, where it made us different back in the day. Now it's you need to assimilate so that they can differentiate and say, well, that's urban, you know, or right. streetwear, right? That's right? And I think we hit a moment of singularity when when Supreme Streetwear mm -hmm. partnered with LVMH. You can't put that back in the bottle either. Like, yeah. they just they just confirmed that streetwear is as valuable as a luxury mm -hmm. house. As high end now, yeah. The goal, the goal is to get in the perimeter, crack the gra glass ceiling of, of luxury houses. And they needed to because they did not understand social media. Like our garmentals back then didn't know how to go to the video, place it on LL, right. and then it goes into an ad. They didn't know how to do that. Once we taught them that, we became, we didn't become valuable anymore. It's mm. happening again today. So yeah. the minute you partner up with a Nike, you dilute your brand. The minute you partner up with LVMH, you dilute your brand. Oh, wow. Because they want your metrics. They only care yeah. about it. how many people can you reach. And we're always first, like, as a culture, like, we're progressive. We know the power of social media. So Louis Vuitton looking at Virgil, like, how you got more followers than us? <laughs> and we Louis Vuitton, the arrogant. Right. Right, yeah, I yeah. get it. So, so they, that's what's happening present day. Like it's being diluted, and before you know it, these cats will be like, "And I remember when I used to run the game." Like you know, right? It's hard. Me yeah. actually, when well, you being a stylist, well, a designer, which would yeah. probably naturally make you a stylist. How many people have you worked with, as far as styling them and, and, and picking out their clothing for maybe a show or for a video or for an event? I mean, I've worked, obviously, obviously with Nas, I work with all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, he, he spoke of Fat Joe. Yeah, Fat Joe was early, early on. Um, 
Jay Rude Damager. Like, I work with Daniel Hastings, a photographer, prior to my days in the Esco. So, all of his early work, Wu Tang, all that stuff, I'm on set, built for Cuban Links, I'm on set as a stylist. So, nice. yeah, so he taught me how to move and be comfortable dealing with these rappers who were probably just as comfortable, uncomfortable as I was, right? And innately, my knowledge of fashion would kick in and tell them, nah, you yes, should wear some silks. Like, rappers right. wear silks back right, then. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, like, so. yeah <coughs> wear this, wear that. So, but there's no one, it's just a matter of, do they need my help or, you know, the stylist thing took off as well, but early on I was styling everything. Yeah, so I wanted, yeah, I met with I met, I dealt with anybody that needed my help. I would help. Like yeah. Coogee alone would put put me in in the space with everybody. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. I mean, you working working with a guy like Nas, who's an influential rapper, but you know, his, the extent of his fashion experience probably is just him getting dressed and putting on what he likes. You know how. How yeah, was that? Yeah. The, the, the partner with, you know, here's this guy that, that he's this renowned Again. MC, but from a fashion standpoint, you're the expert. Yeah, the, 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 and I'm, I'm a Latin expert. So it was, it was, <laughs> the dynamic was really weird, right? Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, I need to. It was, it was uncommon for a lack somebody of, of, of your persuasion. Yeah, to I'm, be I'm, I'm, I'm an anomaly at the time. Yeah, yeah, right? Yes, sir. Different, yes, sir. Different. And anomaly from Newark, like I'm not from the city, right? So, so uh, the the level I'm 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 cunning in a sense where I'm like I need to label this my personal. What is it going to be? So my parents, my my name goes back. Uh, I go back a few years and I, and I study that there's an Escobar in the family. So I need to ensure success for my first investor, right? which was not the Samsung guys. I need to ensure some penetration into the marketplace, success with my first investor. I need kids to automatically tune in when they hear the name and Nas was on the radio playing Ask all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's Latin. That's my family background name. And his boy, Ill Will, got killed. I'm like, there, there it is. Like, same as the... Remember the same as getting into FIT? I was like, yeah. there it is. Yeah, you know, your universe works with you, brother. <laughs> so, so for me, it was, let me build it. But while I'm building, I'm gonna be nice enough to reach out to the team. Cause I remember I'm working with the photographer, Daniel Hastings. Mm -hmm. Can you please reach out to him? Tell him what I'm working on. Now I'm totally independent. I'm sort of having some backwards, but not, not Samsung. So really crucial to try and reach out to him and get him on board. But he got styled around him. Um, he's being touted, you know, as the, you know, a very super highbrow rapper. Uh, and for me, I'm like, it's no different than going to FIT, being scared of these guys are designers. I'm like, so at, at a certain point, you just it kicks in, and I'm like, I'm gonna design this. This my my brand's gonna have an alter ego. It's gonna be. Right. For African American culture, it will be for Nas will represent that. For Latin culture, you know, and he does it in his rhymes. Like he puts on a persona of a Latin drug lord, but you're not Latin, or, right. nor you are a drug lord. So right. you, it's okay for you to do it. I, I can do it in fashion. The alter ego. So, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the the ability to 
push forward regardless if I didn't make the connection with Nas or not. He ultimately came to my office. Once I had to deal with Samsung, he came to my office and started making noise. And that's when you realize, oh, you don't know too much about anything about fashion. You're like, you have your point of view, but there's no perspective on what's coming, what's the next trend. It's mm -hmm. like, I want to wear army jackets and- Army hats, um, Yeah, um, army hats, Tim's, like, you know, it was the concept of wearing Gucci was just coming about. Yes, Big Daddy Kane did it. Dapper Dan, the Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan stuff. was doing yeah. it, but it was yeah. not touched in this era. It was a weird time because they're off the Gucci thing. They're more into black-owned brands yeah. and the discovery of those black-owned brands called Kanai. And we had a moment, but they were going back into aspirational white brands. So you'll see Nas wearing a, a pair of Gucci's with um, flat, you know, hard-soled Gucci. Gucci's that I would I remember going to the mall with him and Stout and they bought these Gucci's that were like I never understand I didn't understand the desire to wear that platform that low profile you know hard sole shoe with a wide ass leg jean I'm like that shit don't look right guys but they, they wanted that they, they wanted, wanted that, that look they, they wanted, wanted that look, look. I'm like yeah, I, I don't I don't get that at all but okay so Certain styling opportunities came about, and then certain things you just can't say, yeah, that's kind of whack, but you just let them rock out. Like, do whatever you want. <laughs> At that point, I'm no longer a stylist. I'm like, I'm on, I'm on, I'm, I'm the designer. Do what you want with the gear. If you need my help, I'll help. You know? Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. That's right. Now, um, <clears throat> I noticed um, that you've launched the Machiavelli line. And, yeah. now, and you're working with Cool G. How is it working with two notable artists such as Biggie and Pop? Them not being here, they're still finding the inspiration to. Yeah, that's create, another. That's another create, create material. So uh, the finessing and the finagling, like getting to FIT and getting my own name, I got exhausted by being the face of my brand. Right? I got exhausted. Why? Because you, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of introverted in the sense where I like my privacy and I started getting in the mix, uh, too much in the mix of the culture where it didn't fit me. Like, I'm not a, I don't pop crystal, like I don't drink and I don't smoke. So there came <laughs> a point in time, point in time when like, what are you gonna be? What do you wanna do? Right. Are you going to play the role? And I always sit, like I said, this ain't gonna last forever, so why play the role? Why don't just cut the cord now, man? Right. Like, I'm not going to, you know, me and Nas had disputes, uh, and it was disputes in him not knowing the business, so the anger was focused towards me instead of the business, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so you not knowing that you, you can't own a majority of your business that I created with my partners because you didn't invest in it, you get a right. percentage. You get a percentage. But you don't. Yeah, you can't, you can't own eighty percent of the brand we built up. We put you on last, <laughs> right? Wow. Now I'll go. I'll go hard and, and get more for you, right? But 
I can't do I don't even know the majority. So I got to go to my partners and ask them, like, what do you think? And it was weird, bro. It's weird because trust, yo, my man, trust me. I'm not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. It's not me. Now, the dynamic is interesting. Got to hear me out. I'm unique. I'm from Newark. I'm not from Queens. Fubu guys are from Queens. Mm. Nas is from Queens. There is a there is fear in this business of falling off or being left behind. Right. Mm. So at the time, there's uneasiness. Like, how does Damon John probably have more money than me? Right, because Damon John is in, is in Fubu. He probably controls more of his business than you with Columbia and your music, right? So, it's frustration there. And then the easy target was me and my crew, right? So, okay, um, dude, I, 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 I can only be transparent, right? Um, and I will gladly put you in a room with my partners and let's get you more equity in the company. But that requires a conversation where, you know, that, that, and I got tired of that. I got tired of trying to appease, or I'm in a club, more superficial things. I'm in a club, uh, Nas wants 10 bottles of Cristal. I'm like, why? <laughs> why is it? Because he has to visit an image. I'm like, the crazy request, right? <laughs> now, this is 10 bottles for Chris Dow in 1998, y'all. This is like, this is, <laughs> this, right. is, this is a lot. It's a lot, yeah, yeah. Oh, my boys have to have a bottle in the hand. I'm like, wow, that's, I'm pretty, I'm like, I need to get out of this. Like, this is not me. This is not me. I love this business, but this being, um, so, I start plotting. I need to get out of this. So as and I and I knew I, I'm, I'm coming up on seven years doing it. I knew the business and Nas's tenure with anybody in the business. You're running five to seven before you have a full blown f you get out of my face. He did it with everybody. He did right. it with the firm. He did it with everybody, right? Uh, so. And I know that it's it's not anything personal. It's just lack of understanding how the business is run. So I was like, guys, like I knew I knew I was it was about to take a turn for the worse. So as exiting, I'm starting to say, all right, what am I going to do next? That doesn't require me to be in a club with you. Don't require me to be the ads. Don't require me to babysit you or an artist. What is what is that? I. I I'm intellectual in that sense where I want to keep doing this, but I need to do it where it's, I'm sitting back at home, I'm mm -hmm. wizard of Ozzing it, you know, behind the curtain, and don't got to do much. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Come and two opportunities came. 50 Cent, G-Unit. Okay. Yeah. I worked on Shadow Money, and then my, my sales rep said, you know, my brother's teaching Tupac in college. I'm like, what? He's like, they're teaching courses of Tupac in college. This is 2003, okay? And I'm like, what do you mean? All of his poetry, he is prolific. He's got a lot of writings and they're just teaching. I was like, oh, if they're teaching him in college, 
and I knew the guy who ran the estate. I'm like, that could be a brand. Like, that, I go automatically to like, <laughs> bling, 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 bling. <laughs> like, but I've got two ends of the spectrum. 50's brand new, Tupac is mm-hmm. an OG. I'm right. trying to do both. Right. So I, I, I put on a table for 50, 500K to do G Unit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he did a, he did a, he did an ad with Mark Echo just prior to me starting to get in his head about doing a brand, mm-hmm. and Mark gave him two mil. So I'm like, wow, oh, you got to do that. Yeah, that's the end <laughs> you do. <laughs> right, you don't look back. Don't look back. Right, I out the deal and I'm still on the grind like that. That's probably not right. So, uh, but I was to understand. I have my finger on the pulse is more gratifying than actually, you know. Uh, being a face of the brand, like I'm gonna do this or this, both are gonna work, no yeah. matter what. Right? Let me, so I let went, me. I went, put my efforts behind Tupac. No, he's not asking for anything Pissed at the club. He's gone, right? <laughs> he's gone. There's no issue there. It's just honoring his legacy. And right. when I started seeing how many people love this guy, yes, sir. I, 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 and the problem why I did not see it is because I'm a biggie guy. I'm New York. I didn't really <laughs> like pop. But when I dug, I kept an open mind and I dug. And I said, yo, this is more genius than, than what I did with Esco. This is going to be crazy. And then I looked up everything like 11 million Machiavelli. I'm like, let me just check if that's fucking clear. It's Machiavelli. Okay, I can make that a brand. No trademark on the brand. I'm like, oh, there it is again. It's like the most, you sold 11 million copies and nobody trademarked the category for clothing. No problem. <laughs> so yeah. I think this is where, this is where if you're tuned in to, you know, how you move. I wanted to really get out of being a face or anything. This is where it made a way for me. Like, so yeah. I went to, I'm not a jerk. I went to, Explain to everybody involved, here's what I want to do. I went to Afini, sat with Afini, here's what I like to do. Ink the deal. And then after I inked the deal, because I had to clear the trademark, I said, I want to call it. They, they thought I was going to call it Tupac. I'm like, no, no. It has to be something sexy um, and something I control. Like, I didn't control the name Tupac. Like, I want to yeah. control the deal. Because you don't know. Like, once you control everything and you see how people get fidgety, yeah, 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 and they're like, yeah. so you want to call it Machiavelli? <laughs> you're like, Machiavelli, you know, you're like, yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> and you didn't think of it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, right. damn. Like, then they'll do Google, the lawyers look at it like, you trademarked this? Yeah. Just think, <laughs> well, how do you know I trademarked it? Right. I'm not a jerk, though. They wanted, the to, wanted to beat you to the punch yeah, after, you, yeah. after you mentioned it. But I, I leveraged everything, and then I handed it over to Afini. Yours, like that's nice, not mine. Nice, that's right, that's dope. I'm not, a, I'm not an asshole like that. But that's dope. Dealing with Nas, dealing with Fubu Queens, like there are times when we're at Source Awards, you gotta wear my brand. Like you're at Source Awards, he'll wear Fubu shit. And I'm like, D, I'm talking to Damon, and I'm like, Yo, guys, what are you doing? Like, yeah, cutthroat business. It sound like, yeah. It's yeah. Like, we're family. Why would you do that to me, man? You shouldn't do that. Like, I don't yeah. put, I don't give packages to LL. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want it out of that. And Tupac was 
ultimately the easiest thing because I'll call up Luda, I need you for an ad. What is it? Tupac. I'm there. Free. Right, right, free. right. Yeah. All my ads. Free. Yeah. All of them. Free. Let me ask you, and um, just in, in as a follow up question, in, in retrospect, do you think like after yep. now years have passed and you've had the opportunity to sort of sit back and reflect on your um your workings with Nas? Is there anything you think that you would have done differently? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Um, there's nothing you can't control other people, right? Um, so the problem I ultimately will have is what everybody else faced from AZ to um. Dre, everybody faced this <clears throat> brilliant mind that had uh, did, was trying to navigate business. He just didn't know enough about the business. Now he does. Now he's around the right people. But he legally, <clears throat> he didn't, legally, he didn't have the right people around him. A lot of insecurity. Stout was in his ear a lot. And it's I get it. I didn't know either. But I would literally say, yo, my Nas, please, we have Samsung, man. Like, what do you need? I will pimp Samsung to get you whatever you need. But there was a level of doubt. There's a level of doubt that I was like, yeah, I'm never gonna, I'm never going to get in his inner circle. Mm. So you gotta, there's nothing you, you can't can do. do business. Yeah, you can't do business that way. Yeah. So, you know, that that was the, the dilemma I faced. Like, and, and I knew that, and, and I'm cool with Damon Dash. I know Jay's coming. I know Jay's coming and to destroy the entire scene, I'm like, and I could see the level of discomfort. Like, you know, when Jay did the thing with with Foxy, mm -hmm. when, when yeah. he took Foxy, it, yeah. it was not, it was not, <laughs> there was no comfort there. It did things that could be like, you see, I wish right I could talk to him and be like, yo, this is, don't you pay attention to none of that. That's, what do you it's need? Work. Like, let, yeah, you, what do you, you need the office space? I'm gonna get you office space. Yo, Damon Dash and them got office spaces. They got their thing. You you running out your car, man. You're the best. You're the best. You need, you need certain things. And he didn't have yeah. it at the time. So I was, it was difficult. So I had no, there's nothing I can control, right? Yeah. I could just ride it out um, and and be as humble as I can throughout the process. Yeah. But I had I had like, let me let me start messing with Pac. I yeah. think Pac is, nice. so even though we had disagreements, anybody had disagreements with, I can now dress them under the guise of Tupac and they wouldn't know. So it's like, it was just like, <laughs> I sent clothes to everybody, everybody wears it. Yeah. Because you run into, back then you would run into, I like Nas, I like Bulliesco. I like Jay. I'm not wearing Esco. I don't like Nas. I like Jay Z. Yeah. So it became a tribal thing where Tupac. Everybody loves love. him. Everybody loves him. Either you do or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he became he became loved. You know. Yeah. I look at guys like uh, like um like Ronnie from Kiss, mm -hmm. and um to me. You basically link around. Yes. You 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 basically were the Ronnie of our of our time, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you can say that. It. Yeah, you you had Ron it, you had it popping. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and I worked with him. So I don't another another difficult character, but <laughs> <laughs> every right to be. 
when you're yeah. dealing with egos, that's all. That's, that's yeah, part of the game, man. Look, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm 26 years clean uh, of recovery, so that means my my entire life of being in hip hop with uh, a lot of fame. I was uh, not congratulations on that too, man. You know, what I, mean? I was not I was not in that lifestyle and the uh, being in competition with the rings and stuff. That I knew that all fake. That was not real, uh, mm -hmm. and that was uh, if I if I partake in that, it would destroy my principles as a person. So I was like, I have to find a healthier, and I, I think that's what that's basically things. They showed me the way, like, take this door. This is the way out of this yeah. lifestyle. Right. Make some money, get to spend time with my son. You know, he was getting older and I didn't have to travel as much. I just go to the mailbox, get my life fee check. And be, you know, <laughs> That's, right. Nice. No? That's yeah. right. That's right, man. It appears you worked with a lot of collaborations, man. Talk yeah. to me Talk to me about the, the Kooji and Puma collabo. Is that... This new vibrance that we see in the Puma sneaker, these colors that are just out of this world that look like a butter <laughs> now. Fire. I'm a sneakerhead. Yeah, yo, yo, I, well, uh, I looked at him, I said, yo, Puma Puma's doing something, man, because I'm a Puma head. I play <laughs> ball of Pumas. I love the old school Pumas. Yeah. I remember that there's a there's an interview you talked about the green and white Pumas. Yo, son, those is classic. I need a pair of them green and white oh, Pumas. No. <laughs> I need a pair of them. I can't green find them yet, bro. Listen, let me know, bro. Tell you. Green and white. That's that color shirt, right? With the white stripe. With the stripe white stripe, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Clean, son. Oh, my God. It's like, I wish I had the balls to wear right. back then. You get a lot but, of trouble with that. But cool, oh. Yeah, you get a lot of trouble. Yeah, got it. So, so. So, so the Puma thing is on. This may be later on as we came to as I opened up Kooji to become the strategy behind that was to have Kooji sell all year round instead of just the ball. Um, so that strategy was uh, partner up with a sneaker brand, force them to do the drop during May during the springtime. Didn't know, and I think again. It's perfect. Uh, uh, Biggie died in March. Mm -hmm. Birthdays in May. So it became a good narrative that I was able to finesse Puma and be like, they thinking they want to do it in the fall. I'm like, nah, we need to do this in spring. Spring. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, it opens up Kooji back to the marketplace being available all year round instead of just this fall sweater. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, which was not. Um, so, so to go back a few steps, the proud. The, the, once I left for, once I decided to stop doing Juliesco, I had Machiavelli quietly. Nobody really knew, and then they, my partners acquired Kuji. Now, mind you, uh, they knew my pedigree, so they put Kuji in my lap in 20, 20, uh, 2004, They threw it in my lap. They're like, we want you to learn Kuji. I had become my partners this this there was three of us all together two of them are the same partners with Damon John Shark, Shark Tank Damon John mm -hmm. so they're the same we had the same partners the brothers so one brother was my partner the other brother was his partner so the older brother was Damon's partner and his clause was no more additional urban brands with the older brother you can't bring in any additional urban brands no competition. 
which blew me away because I'm like, you want to be able to bring in you. You want to move out of artists into the boardroom. Like I do. Like, why would you want to push the competition away, absorb? And uh, Google was early and uh, you know, I knew that Google's philosophy is acquire all threats. Buy them young. Yep. Either you kill them or you grow them, but you control them. And that's my philosophy back then was like, yo, I have my own brand and uh, you had Echo who needed money to survive. And they asked me, Will, what do you think about Echo? Mark's dope, bring him in, bring him under our tent. It will have to go through the older brother. <laughs> And the older brother would say, I'm not Dana. And Dana would say, no. Wow. Okay. Uh, Russell needs money. Fat Farm. Do the Fat Farm deal, guys. Let's, let me ask Dana. No. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Hello? Yeah, okay. yeah we hear you. So, do the, do, do the, this is me being no ego. Do the deal. Um... I come in with Damon Dash. If you look at Streets is watching, um, you see all my Esco stuff in there. So part of the tension was I was too tight with Damon Dash and Rockefeller crew with me and Nas. Um, I have to dress everybody. I don't care who it is. Uh, but I know Jay was coming and he was, yo, I was like, love you, Nas. But if this new guy's emerging. Yeah, make way for this new cat. Right? <laughs> I know good music when I hear it. Nas is doing great music, but Jay's was different. So Damon loved our clothes because we dressed the whole set. And he was like, I want to do Rockerwear. I want you to design it. And I'm like, nah, I can't design it. I have a contract. I can't do it, but I'll bring it to my partners. I'll bring it to my partners, tell them the deal. Please acquire this threat. All right? Nope. Can't do it. Damon don't want it. I was like, okay, this is this. I see this. This is being redundant now. Like we could have five brands already underneath me, Damon. We can control yep. the marketplace. Control the competition. Control it. They coming to you, hat in hand, saying, "Help me." Right. No. All right, cool. The last one before I broke my back is like Sean John. Okay. I was like, all right, D, if you don't do this deal, it has your last name in it. <laughs> Puff, Sean, you're John. Uh, you can't lose. Like, can't miss out on that one. <laughs> why, why would you? Like, right. Nah, it makes sense. You got it. Nah, no, no rapper is going to sell clothes. No, we're not doing that here. I'm like, <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm in. This is a twilight been sleeping zone. Sleeping on us since yo. day one, man. They're sleeping on us. Our potential and all that. That's it. Twilight, twilight zone, man. I was like, and I'm saying I'm not going to. These brands don't even are out yet. Rocker is not out yet, but they're going to be bigger than my brand. Sean John's not out yet. He's going to be bigger than my brand. I already know he's going to be bigger than Fubu. Buy him. Get him as a little youngster. Mm -hmm. Put him underneath your wing. Nope. 
that's when I got tired. And it was, I see it was a lot of ego um, and holding on to this young man's sport. I got tired of it. So when I came over with Machiavelli, I deliberately put it in front of Damon. So he's saying no. So then I contractually, I did my part. You know what I mean? I offered it to you. They had first right. So I put it in front of them. They laugh like Tupac selling clothes. Nah, they lie. Like you've been, you've been saying everybody's gonna sell clothes. Well, now you got Tupac. I said everything I told you. They, they, everybody's. It's all working, right? So this, this you need to bring Tupac into Platinum Fubu after Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. You should do a Tupac. Right, and it helped me. I would have made money. I would have made money, right? And then they would have propelled the brand off, right? Because I would have controlled the brand too. So I was selfishly thinking, but I knew they would say no. Knew they would say no. So it automatically approved. It automatically gave them, that was the first right of refusal. So I automatically did it on my own. But then they turned around and things were tanking fast everywhere there. So I had my Machiavelli business elsewhere. I was still working on Kuji. Fubu's tanking fast and you know, before you know it, I'm at the helm of two brands and Kuji's starting to take off. But you know, I just couldn't come to an agreement where I would get a piece of Kuji um, in return for a piece of Tupac. So we didn't, we didn't say eye to eye, so I just focused on Tupac. Um, but it was, it was that dynamic of, you don't last forever, man. Like, now I could talk to Dame and say, you remember, like, <laughs> you, you, you've done Shark Tank longer than Fubu, right? Mm, yeah. But he yeah, was moments. True. There were moments where he was was nervousness. Like, he's like, what am I gonna do next? So Kuji yeah. was working, and then I got Kuji started in '26. Came back '20. Well, Launched it with Dragon um, Bone. And then with Ronnie. So on the, on the streetwear side, I launched it with Ronnie Kip. And then on the women's side, I launched it with Ragged and Ball. Nice. Okay. Nice. It, it seems so like the, um, that led to, that led to, so I launched it high, right? And then I, the plan was to make this all year round. So now it's time to start, start high boutique, um, global platforms, and then move into footwear, Nike, Adidas, Puma see who can introduce the brand as an all-year-round brand. So that's what Puma did for me. Yeah. It, it seems like in talking about, you know, the evolution of fashion, you know, I'm on Instagram a lot, and I see a lot of um, young up-and-coming designers on Instagram that have almost like they've, they've found a way to incorporate all of the different aspects of from design to sale and whatever their operation is. Like there's a brother actually out of New Jersey, um, a kid named Cool Kai that has Cool Kai. Yeah. Yeah. I met one of them. I know of him and he he's hustling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's doing what are your what are your thoughts about that now that it seems like that these these operations now is like more enclosed and, and and people have an opportunity to kind of do it themselves. Rather yeah, your distribution channel. Your every 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 person is his own magazine ad. You could put it on your social media and drive traffic. So, while and give the customer more variety. Mm-hmm. So, what I think is a beautiful thing. Up until you get to the point where Nike told you a check to dilute your your 
your brand and you have to decide if that's what you want to do. You know what I mean? That's what that's, that's the that's the trick. It's almost like what you what you said, right? Like you know what you 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 acquired them, you acquire what you think is a threat, or they want to tap into your market. Yeah, Nike don't want to acquire nobody. Uh, the only one that sort of supreme with the Louis Vuitton thing was was to me an expert. They they played the long long game to to perfection, right? And and they and they moved the culture along in a way that was not possible few years back but I think now is this era is DTC uh, direct to consumer your own channel build it up you don't need retailers no more so being in retail stores not meaningful it's an, it's an option um, and I think they're in the driver's seat but the market always adjusts like like someone's gonna figure out how to wrangle you know maybe it ends up being an amazon play or something like that but it's it's it is the minute you start getting so much traffic um collaborations are there for to me uh, and and this is how i use kuji kuji is a communal ip right i want young talent to use it from Romeo Hunt, Gypsy Sport, uh, and then OGs use it. You know, Nike, Puma, Adidas—they love it. It's a communal IP for the culture. But I don't turn down young talent that want to do something with Kuji. That's true. Obviously, obviously, you have to do your work on it. Like, give me a deck. Tell me what it can look like. You know, I want them because that's gonna give them a leg up. <laughs> and it's a brand you can't. You can't remove the brand from the culture at all. It's like it's embedded in the culture. It's never going to go away, right? Mm -hmm. Never, ever, ever, never. Like everything else, FUBU, all this stuff, it's just never going to go away. This Kuji will be always that brand that had its first hand out to, to embrace the culture. Like, and for that, you're never, you're always going to be loved. And then you, you complement that by the imagery with Biggie. Always reminded, like yep. never gonna go away. So I use that philanthropically for younger guys to partner up with you, right? Nice. And then you bang, bang the guys that want to dilute the culture. They clearly want to dilute the culture, right? <laughs> yeah, they were like, yeah, we want to do this on his birthday. Oh, it's a great idea, like Dragon Bone, like really, like I didn't, we didn't know that, we didn't know like Biggie's music is, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Now put it in your own way, show, and you know, mm -hmm. so you 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 see it blatantly happen. You know what I mean? And yeah. use it, use the use the brand in a way that benefits the culture, not the vultures. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know I know we 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 you know thank you. You gave us a lot of time and a lot of insight into how like the inner work into the fashion industry is. Yeah. I just want to ask you one one last question before we let you go. You know, I know for um. For artists in general, like, you know, your first creation is usually like your baby. Like if it's a, a singer, R&B, whoever it is, they always, you know, hark back yep. to that moment that they knew that they was actually on. Do you remember the first time you walked into a clothing store and seen Willie Esco on the shelf? And what was your response to it? Oh, man, I, 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 I it wasn't the shelf thing, right? Because when it happened on the shelf for me, 
things were well on the way and I know how things operate. So yeah, it was relieving, but let's viscerally, um, when my first uh, t-shirt was shown on the page in the source, uh, source would have an editorial piece of hot t-shirt for the summer, right? When it was in that piece, that's when I was like, I knew what I was thinking was right. Like, it's going to tap into the nice thing and people were like... So they showed my T-shirt, Esco, Willie Escobar, you know, they, they attributed... Now, there was no links to website. People have to find the brand, right? right? Mm -hmm. right. But to me, that's more... That was more a uh, watershed moment for me to know I sent... I made this T-shirt. I made the brand. I did everything. Screen printed it, put it in the package, sent it to FedEx, sent it to the source with the hopes of it being shot and put in an editorial. Don't know if you made it to the source. When they open that thing up and you're like, yo! Nice. <laughs> That's more, because when, when I had stuff on the shelves, I knew I'm with Samsung. I know that's going to get there. I know it's yeah. going to Yeah, it's going to get so there. So that was. The other, the first part was more a lot of footwork, legwork, and my gut feeling is that this is going to work because there's a lot of Nas fans up. And when it's when it's approved and it's like proven, I'm like, yeah, I got some. I got, got some. Yeah, nice. That's the feeling. Nice. That's a good feeling right there, well, man. Good feeling. Give, give us your um, give us your social media. Oh, Willie, I got a couple. Willie underscore Esco, right? Um, w i l l i e. You have Kuji Brands, right? You have Low Life Brands, right? And you have uh, a new footwear brand relaunching. Forty-year-old brand called Jaclar. Okay. I'm a footwear guy. Like before Pumas, like this, this the brands that people don't know that were out uh, back then. So I'm re reviving a footwear brand that is from the 1975. Uh, and I know the brand well because I couldn't get my hands on a pair when I was little. Uh, <laughs> first pair I got, first pair I got was ones that I actually, once I bought the brand, I had a maid and I had a pair of white on whites and I was like, that took me 40 years. 40 years to get these. <laughs> <laughs> but it That's was, how I felt about Boomers, man. I could wear them back. I'm also like, you're not wearing those, man. I don't have the green ones. I, 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 I saw it. I was in the showroom. I was like, I need a pit. They didn't get me a pair. I was like, I don't care wow. about the Fuji ones. Give me the green one. They couldn't get it. <laughs> so, uh, Jaclar, J-A-C-L-A-R Athletics is the okay. brand. Um, it's out of Boston. Probably my most of my work is being done there um, because... It's huge upside. Um, it's it's like I feel about my 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 Esco. I feel like Nike, Puma, Adidas, all white on, all white on. Oh, no one, no one is minority owned that has purchased a brand that's dusted on the shelf that has rich heritage. People are doing their brands, they're calling it whatever. There's no heritage there, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so my my um, so my thinking is, 
the footwear business is so big. I know our culture can make anything hot. And this brand, if you dig and reach research it, you'll see, oh, it, it sponsored basketball camps in the 70s and 80s, uh, owned by Franklin Sports. So they did foot, footwear and basketball cleats and baseball, running shoes. It's just it's forgotten. Mm. And I'm like, that's, it was to me was like, personal because I want a pair of these. I'm gonna get my fucking pair of shoes. So, <laughs> and I get to relaunch it. I get right. to- You get to put your hands on it. And my hands on it. And with all these brands like Nike, all these guys, oh, just white on. They don't, there's there's no, it's just white on. It's, it's just, it's just not, I'm reverse gentrifying the business and footwear. And I'm the only guy in the space, like, like the Puerto Rican thing. I'm the only yeah. guy in the space. <laughs> go look, go look. Yeah, there'll be brands with footwear. Like, yeah, uh, Virgil will have his off-white, but there's no heritage there. It's just, just a brand with footwear. Right. Yeah. You go dig into this, you'll see, oh, old ads. You'll see everything. It was, it was on par with Puma, Adidas, and Nike in ads back then. Right. So, and and you, so, you should use those visuals from back then too, man. Oh, they, you, you'll see. When you go to the IG, you'll see all of it. Like nice. see right. yeah. So that's my baby right now um, because that has the most upside. And again, that will allow me to sit at home, license out to each country. <laughs> and be like, go ahead. <laughs> you know the game now, son. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Willie. I appreciate the time, man. Okay. My pleasure, guys.